Hello, everybody. DM Seth here, and it's a new year, new crew, switching out the players. This time, we've got Jacob on the show. I'm really excited, super new to this, uh, and yeah, ready to have a good time. Adam <laughs> is uh, going to be here, first timer. Yeah, I'm looking forward. This is D&D, right? Or is this, mm-hmm. we're, we're still mo- making the move to Pathfinder. That's what I understand. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're, we're, we're playing Pathfinder now. Yeah. And uh, we have a previous Magic the Gathering uh, veteran here, Connor. <laughs> Look, you cannot <laughs> stop my mono green deck, okay? <laughs> I have no way of knowing if that's correct or not. It I is. Like, I don't play Genshin. <laughs> it's stock full of death touch. Why are and locations really this. important in Magic? I've never understood that because it's like location. You got to tap cards. them. You got to tap them. What, what is that? Uh, which ones? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Wait, which cards? Sorry, did you say like location cards? You know how there's like cards that are like it's like the location or something, right? I, mean, well, I could be it wrong. Affects, like so different that's, cards that's, get like different let advantages. Let me explain. And we <laughs> cut that part out and we move forward to this. I'm actually a Magic nerd. <laughs> You get land, and land is basically mana, and you tap mana to summon creatures or to cast spells. All I know is that Yami and Yugi were really good at that game, and <laughs> they beat You've the activated my trap or, card. <laughs> yeah, and I end my turn. <laughs> I actually let's, was super magic. It was great. Let's talk about um, a real deal grown-up <laughs> card game. I believe it was called Chaotix. Oh, my Oh, gosh. Chaotix was sick. What is that? Like, it, yeah, it was like Adam's I can't. Time. I don't know if the cards came first or the TV show came first, but like they had like those big metal tins, and I think the cards were like uh, I can't remember if they were like medium sized cards, you know, like a bit oversized, or yeah. or I know some Seth of them were, up, but it's like flooding in my brain. Um, <laughs> like like I can't remember if they were small cards or they were slightly oversized because I was, remember it was basically like a Yu Gi Oh type. Are we card talking game. about Pogs? Because I mean, either <laughs> yeah. that or Crazy Bones, and I'm there. <laughs> either way, all I remember is that the show, um, it's like the card you played, the monster you played, like the character would like embody it almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like pretty they sick. would be able to control it. Like they were living that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was pretty sick. I'm pretty sure that's what Zuckerberg's using for the metaverse. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm for it. <laughs> we'll see. I'm for it. If that's what it is, I'm all in. We're here to do some real business, though. New Year, actually, same crew um, and same us, but we're going to... You don't even want to know the plans we got. We're, it, the show's getting bigger and better this year. And uh, But before we move on to the next chapter, we are going to answer some burning questions that you lovely cheapskates have sent us. Um, so without further ado, I will ask the first question here oh, I'm so from excited. Jasper within our discord and they asked i think this or i think i asked this before but what are all the characters birthdays we need to be able to celebrate the birthdays of teammate there's a way to capitalize on this so if i say a day that's coming up soon (laughs) hopefully people will send stuff into us (laughs) so yeah i would say january uh 20th is normandy's birthday and then january 21st is peterson's and that's that's oh no way yeah, yeah no it's a way. crazy coincidence wow. yeah okay, okay well i want to say that's because i already i pre-picked one for this um so 
my explanation so birthdays aren't like a thing in the bramble patch with how many lapines there are it would it'd be too exhausting to remember everyone you know in celebrate their your friends nothing would get done right nothing would get done in the bramble patch there's too many mm-hmm. people because uh, it's a tight-knit, tight-knit community, you know? Uh, instead, yeah. <laughs> they celebrate based on the crops they yielded, which makes way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like majority carrots. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, Zippy left right around when he got his first plot, so I guess you could say he's never actually had a birthday. Um, but yeah, so... But, so, uh, which brings back to Adam saying January uh, 21st. I would say if I had to pick one using, like, Ohm, if they had, like, similar months to us, I'd probably have to say, yeah, January 21st. Because hey, I guess I share yeah. it with Peterson uh, <laughs> because rabbits are usually pregnant for 30 days, and December 21st seems like the start of when things get really cold. So, meaning, <laughs> <laughs> meaning uh, you know, you have to be more inside, and uh, you know, rab- the lapines have to be more inside in their burrows and whatnot, and, you know, when things get boring. Yeah. <laughs> <That's what laughs> sort of the they the start peeling the carrot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, so, boy. I would say that Zippy doesn't technically have a birthday, but if he did, I, it would probably be something like January 21st, which I guess is Peterson's. That's- Excellent, Taro, or Westboro. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very thought. Yeah, that is, uh, you know, that's a good answer. Darian. Um, Well, fittingly, mine's a lot less complicated, fortunately, but fittingly is a spring Aladrin. Darian is born in the spring. So he's actually born March 30th. If Ooh, uh, okay. that's that's it, and I, if I, and I think if I remember, if memory serves, I think for simplicity, Seth just gave Ohm the same months because it was just like too complicated to to mix them all up. Unless you changed it, I, you know, I'm 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 all for fantasy worlds having their own calendars and stuff like that. Uh, I just thought that was a layer of complexity I just didn't need to bother to have, like. like I, I respect everyone who does do their own things, but for me, I'm just like, let's keep it simple. We don't even keep that. track of material components. Get out of here with months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, it's just easier to understand instead of being like, the month of their Lord Friel, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the next question Jasper asked, they asked a few here. Uh, they said, also, how is Darian's mental health after the last season? And will he be seeking therapy? <clears throat> um, you know, Zippy's a good doctor for that, too. Oh, gosh, no, please. <laughs> He's not um, licensed, but. <laughs> I don't think Zippy's been licensed for anything ever in his life. <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, for ammo. You don't know how the training. Bramble Patch education system works. Right. It's fast track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. In, in regard to that, uh, ooh, I'm, I'm concerned about how much I should divulge. I'll say uh, his mental health is a concern. Um, <laughs> there is, uh, you know, some interesting voices that were showing up that uh, like behind the curtain. I have no idea what's going on with them. Uh that's something that started happening. So I, you know, the truth behind the the voices that Darian's been hearing is yet unknown. So I will say it's a bit concerning. Will he seek? Uh, will he seek help? 
Stary never really sought out help <laughs> for things like that. Probably not. But uh, is that going to come around to bite him in the butt? I think there's good odds. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens, though. We'll see where, where things go. I think we'll have a side uh, episode, maybe a bonus episode, where uh, Darian drinks a bit more of the tea to go to the therapy room <laughs> in, the, in the hallucinations. <laughs> so he can spill the tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, t- yeah the talk rock therapy. Um, We're all worried about Darian. <laughs> I'm worried about Darian. <laughs> and I play him. <laughs> And another one of these, the three tiered questions Jasper asked here. Um, Thank you again, everybody, for the questions. Uh, Also, can any powerful being without a physical form take control of Norman? And what is the limit since we've seen two people control him at once? That's a good question. Adam, what do you think? Okay, so back in the beginning of season two, when Normandy first lost, uh, like his, well, when he first met Royce, I guess is the, like face to face. And he learned like the only reason Matsumura wasn't able to take over his soul. So, so we thought was because Royce was there. And I remember asking Seth, Hey, like if Matsumura hadn't been there, could, I don't know. So if Royce hadn't been there, would Matsumura have had automatically taken control or is there something in Normandy that is just Normandy that could have fought for dominance or is he completely hollow without any kind of control? And Seth, you dodged that question very well. You said, you don't really know you, you can think so, but do you really know? And now this whole do arc, now that Matsumura is not there keeping Royce at bay and Royce wasn't there keeping Matsumura at bay. Uh, once that lock was kind of broken um, to kind of maintain that control, became increasingly more challenging. But I hope that that's something that Normandy, now that it's a muscle that he's aware that he can, that exists, I'm hoping that he can develop it to withstand it. But if like Ganala, for example, just said, hey, do you know what? Like there's an open an open vessel right there and I, and I want to take it. Um, I honestly don't know. I'd like to think that I, now that Normandy is aware, I'd like to think so. But like again, like I've talked about this a lot. I'll try to keep this short. But I, I guess I'll suffice to say that I hope so. I, th- I think that's a really good way of thinking about it. Is is it's like a muscle, and hollows typically don't have any. Like, well, hollow people are hollow because they don't have anything in them, right? Nobody's actually trying to take them over, so they don't get to flex that muscle really. Which is why you know there were the concerns with the flock taking them over and and doing something there. Or, or getting rid of them. Um, and and also the stuff on the moon that was like shown to try and fill them could have been sketchy. Mm. Who knows if they were able to get control of that. They were trying to fill ways, find ways to fill their hollowness. But also it's like, Normandy's special because you're not a tether, technically. You're kind of this weird in-between thing. But even tethers don't really have the same muscle flexing of like self-control because like you even saw with like Turi and Carol, like Turi could just take over at a moment's notice. And it's cause like, you know, they're with them from birth and once they're awake, like, you know, they're just, they're just pretty much in the driver's seat and the person is just, you know, living alongside them in tandem. But Norman's unique cause you may be the only hollow person to have this <sighs> muscle 
to have some self-control over what goes on in, inside your hollowness. So I think, yeah, that's, it's a like pretty unique situation for to you. Like st- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you're basically, a, yeah, you're one big sphincter, essentially. <laughs> no, I, I don't mean to make uh, light of it. I mean, but but to just end that with a, with a nice epic bow on it, like for all intents and purposes, we speak about Normandy as if he is a hollow, but every time it's brought up, like, oh yeah, he's a hollow. There's just like little flashing question in my mind is he like truly or is yeah. there is there something else yeah. you know something normandy about him i don't know and yeah i'll leave it there i'm just philippine with crazy dream powers i mean whatever <laughs> and I'm to a- answer how many can fit inside him uh who knows but i, I you know a clown car visual comes to mind but uh i i I think that's a good question to ask, but I will not answer it here. He's a suitcase, (laughs) damn it. He's a suitcase. (laughs) So many valuable items can fit inside. I wonder if there's any like self-actualization stuff going on there that uh, be part of that (laughs) muscle flexing. But Seth, there's a good one. There's another another good question for Seth here. um, Yeah. Because I think only you can truly answer this. You got good guesses. Um, But it's from, oh boy, speak up to do this question if you can't even pronounce the name (laughs) oh my gosh i panicked i thought i had something and then i bailed i panicked (laughs) i'm sorry six zeros six zeros yeah it's it's q-i-x-e-r-i-z uh i'm sorry i completely butchered your handle (laughs) um but the question is is Turi ever coming back and will there be more of the red more info on the red bandit in the next season People are asking questions I can't really answer, but the that's typical. But uh, is Tori ever coming back? Who knows? Tori is still out there. They're not gone from existence, so who knows if their paths will cross with teammate again? Um, I love Tori though. I'll say that much. <laughs> uh, Red Bandit. Will there be more info on Red Bandit next season? Yes. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and, that, and that is all. And that's all I'll say. Yes, definitely. I feel like the odds of us seeing- more than more than any other seasons before, I would say. I feel like the odds oh, of us seeing Turi again are pretty low because, like, how the gods like get into the world are through tethers. So if Turi was going to make a new tether, they'd be like at the very earliest like an infant at this point in time. But I think also V's if we remember conversation with Viso is that he was basically being thrown into like a god prison effectively for a little while. So I feel like odds yeah. of us bumping into Turi again. Uh, this time around are pretty low if I had to theorize. But who knows where we'll go? Wait a minute. Maybe he know. was no, in the jail in Jadu because we know that that wizard jail also had a god of wrath in there or a god of rage. So we know that that prison can contain gods. Maybe Mir brought the tether. to that the jail. Te- oh, it was right. The tether. That's right. The tether of the Never god mind. of okay. rage. I redact that. I was just testing our audience. <laughs> <laughs> just testing. Did you pass? Comment in the comment section below. <laughs> it's not a YouTube video. Okay, next question. Uh, by Ben from Instagram. I've just been curious as to how the characters, Norman, Darian, and Zippy, would converse with the players and or DM. Like, what would Norman ask Adam, given the chance? What would Darian say to, ask, uh, say to or ask Seth? Stuff like that. A kind of fourth wall interview. That's complicated connor what do you think oh gosh uh (laughs) that's a great question um yeah i don't know maybe like uh, why why all the daddy issues (laughs) 
<laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, in the formulation of, of, you know, creating Darian as a character, like, you know, we pre-show, we came up with his exile and stuff, right? So maybe, I don't know. Well, uh, being this weird pseudo god in this kind of conversation, like why making him get exiled or something? I don't know. It'd be really weird. I it's hard to put my mind in that kind of context. Um, Adam, Adam, we we're done with you, Connor. Um. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Jacob. Okay, bye, everybody. I'll see you later. No, uh, we dropped. He actually dropped. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, Connor. Uh, Adam, what do you think Norman would ask any of us? Um. I feel like if we were to truly break fourth wall, I'll keep this quick. He would basically say, why, like, if you are my creator in terms of, like, con- concept, why didn't you just pick a warlock? It makes so much more sense, logically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would say, yo, man, me and Seth hashed that out way back before we knew your personality at all. Um, but if we were to have more of, like, a colloquial conversation probably be geeking out over the songs because like there's there's chord progressions and things in the songs that normal seasons that we've written that like i feel like Norman would say hey i like the two major there or oh i like the three over sus five it'll be like oh man I, i'm glad you caught that it was like well yeah you wrote it well you sung it so, and things like yeah that. <laughs> but that's about it <laughs> i i I feel like it, I feel like you dodged a bullet thinking about it now because warlocks' power come from their connection to a being, right? And fortunately, we've seen that since you've been severed from Royce, you still have your powers. So, I mean, if that had happened now, you, I think you would potentially be SOL uh, if you did yeah. uh, if you were a warlock. So, actually, I think long term it worked out well for you. <laughs> That would be the point where Normandy just gives up and becomes a bard anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Auto-tune. Tap into the weed. Um, I'll answer for myself here. Uh, I think think Zippy would ask Connor if he has traces of Lapine in him, considering how many kids he pops out in such a short amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is I do. Uh, Zippy would ask Adam that since he lives in a basement apartment, <laughs> if he would classify that as a burrow, and if so, does he want any burrow advice? Mm, yes, please, <laughs> I like uh, that. Do you? <laughs> I just want to know where to find the carrots, man. I'm still looking. Well, it's outside. Uh, you make it is you know water damage is no problem. All right, you just patch that mud, right? Build a new living room with that shit. You know, it's all Sabura. Because I lift up a tile every morning, a different tile, and everyone's getting mad at me over here. Uh, Zippy would ask neighbor's basement. Yeah, uh, Zippy would ask Seth if uh, if he's really just a character on a piece of paper, or if there's something Ooh. more to him than just someone's <laughs> imagination. As in Zippy wow. uh, posing that to Seth. Uh, if Seth says yes. Ask him why he put Zippy in such a stupid crystal world and how come Zippy has to do so many <laughs> riddles all the time. <laughs> the stupid riddle. Existential. Jacob um, is prepared for these Jacob. questions. Zippy would ask Jacob if Jacob is in control of Zippy or if Zippy is really in control of Jacob. Ooh, I love that. Which is actually an interesting question because it's it, as stupid as it sounds because it's like, I think a lot of the times when you're recording a podcast, especially one like this, where it's like you embody another character, it's like sometimes you like step back and you're like, oh, I can't believe I, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, decision is completely out of character for like, you know, yourself. It's almost like, 
you know, sometimes it really does feel like Zippy almost takes control in a way. I don't know if you guys would agree to that. Uh, oh, yeah. In mm-hmm. some way. 100%. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, fun question. Uh, it goes on with Ben. Uh, side question. Have you ever seen a way that teammate could get out of a situation? But I think this is for Seth. Um, but we pulled the rug out from under you, Seth, and you did something really weird. or And maybe we did something really weird or wacky. Sorry, it's just worded a little differently. So ba- basically, I think, uh, reading it myself, I think they're saying that basically, uh, is there a situation where the rug got pulled out from under me and you guys did something weird or wacky because you guys tend to do that. Um, <laughs> well, I think yeah, all the, time. the question. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. 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 I, I mean, uh, a, a time where I saw a solution, um, I, I'm so glad it went this way, but at the end of season three, basically it was coming down to, I was like, I have, I have a solution here that, uh, you know, it was in my back pocket where where it was like leading up to it. They had the tree from the eye built. Uh, and I was like just about to go into my description. I had them roll perception checks because something was going to happen outside of all of them. And it was like, whoa, great. Awesome. Wow. Great long game, Seth. But then all of a sudden, Adam comes in and is like, no, Peterson's <laughs> going to do it. And I was like, what? And, and truly, 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 I I did not. No, I, I, like even even in that episode, I yeah, I even told the guys after I was like I didn't know Peterson was going to come back. I actually didn't plan for that at all. Like I thought you know he'll probably stay unconscious till the next season or whatever. But it was just too good with the David thing of the flying. I was like let's bring him back. Let's get him in here. Like like <laughs> even I as a fan of my own work and all of our stuff here is like <laughs> I want to see him in. And and then you did the spell and I was like in the back of my head I'm like oh what because. This, it truly changes so much for season four because they're starting at Peterson's basically homeland, which is way off in the map near Dawn, the monster city. And it's like wild because because I did not think that would happen at all. So the rug is totally, thank goodness we have a little bit of a break between seasons because I need to prep. Because <laughs> they they took the rug straight from under me. So yeah, that, that's definitely a time. Seth, can you that. are you allowed to tell us what what your what was gonna what that perception check was? No. Oh. Who who needs to think of what could have been? <laughs> Ooh, it was tr- truly this was much better. I find this with the show so much. Like the way I envisioned Jadu going loosely, I know I kept it pretty open ended with which islands they could go to and a lot of stuff like that, especially at the beginning of Jadu. But how I pictured it going is so far off from what it became, and what happened is so much better. And it's like I could never have written it to be the way it is and the way it is is so much better my way was so lame and very we dumb. know so that's why we <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah that's my stuff you don't give yourself enough credit i was listening back to some of the earlier episodes and q a's uh prepping for this and uh it's like you can tell like a lot of us were like pretty new and green to D and like uh, just even just like kind of getting to the flow of even podcasting and stuff. But like you listen back to Seth and he's pretty, and I mean, this, this is like, he's pretty much the same as what he is right now. <laughs> like, and, and that's, I mean that in the best way possible because it's like, and it scares me a little bit because it's like, if he's as good as he was at the beginning as he is now, it's just like, then the long game is real for sure. <laughs> um, but it's just like, like, 
like Seth, Seth, it's like there's a question coming uh, near the end where it's just like uh, we've grown as characters and stuff like that. But Seth's just been always so on his game with this. It's mm-hmm. just like crazy. So it, but so when while yes, we change Seth's plans sometimes. I think it really comes down to how Seth adapts to it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I actually it's funny. Uh, recently, I was hanging out with Adam, and Adam was like. We were talking with friends and stuff, and Adam was saying, he's like, I think one of the friends asked Adam, he's like, how, how often do you think, like, you derail Seth? And Adam was like, I think, you know, 80% of the time, Seth kind of knows where we're going and what's happening, and about 20% of the time, we mess up. And I'm like, oh, man, you give me way too much credit. Like, like <laughs> drop that down to maybe 60 or 50. Like, like let's drop it down. But, uh, no, I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I just think, like, truly, you know, the... No, it's like an audio audio dramas are great when they're pre-written stuff and stuff like that. But it's like there's something magical about all of us adapting to one another. You know, like some episodes you can tell. Like, like I remember thinking that I was so happy with the Druid episode when Zippy went to go to the Druids mm. and stuff. Because I was like this and, and all of you guys going your separate ways and all the things that were happening. I was like, it felt like all of us were just so on our game because we were all just firing on all cylinders to react to one another. Like you dealing with Peterson slash Patricia Darian, uh, <laughs> Adam and Norman dealing with the Baron and Zippy doing all this druid stuff. And we were all just like figuring it out as we went. And it truly felt like that was like some D&D magic. But yeah. All right, Seth, shut up. We got to keep moving. Um, <laughs> Connor, quick question. Have you ever thought about multi-classing into an artificer because you built the switch? Uh, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> okay, great. No, <laughs> the lo- long story short, uh, I've thought about multi-classing multiple times. It's a, com- com- a conversation that has recurred many times with Seth, but I haven't found the right class that I think just is is just the right way to go with Darian because he he's a he does a lot of damage, but he also kind of plays a tank role, and so it, I'm I'm having a tricky time finding something else to branch into. So for now, he's still just a straight Horizon Ro- Walker Ranger. Um, but we'll kind of see how things continue to develop in the next season. Yeah, Ranger seems like it would fit. Tank roll. <laughs> yeah, you should totally be a Ranger next. Tank roll. <laughs> how many times have I saved your ass with my eagle just blocking missiles? Uh, mine? <laughs> Once. <laughs> next question. Next question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's twice, but no, I wasn't in the. I wasn't in it the, the other time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll ask the next question here. Uh, Nicola the Druid says, uh, I think this is a question for everybody, but probably Seth, because I think this pertains to you the most. But where did the name and idea for the Great Pass Round come from? Um, idea came from uh, my love of musicals and my love of Christmas and, and wanting to make my own. Like I, I remember, it's funny, like... I pretty much, as soon as we started, we started in like September season one when we actually like wow. started the show and um, years ago now. But I remember telling all the guys straight up from the get go, I'm like, if we're doing this, we're doing a Christmas musical. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care like how, whatever. I don't care at all about the quality or what it is. I just want to have this done and I want to do it. <laughs> I didn't care uh, where it would lead. And um and you guys were all like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do Christmas music. I don't know. I think all of us were going, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you saw the magic. Saw yeah. I, uh, the Great yeah. Pass Around. The Great Pass Around name uh, actually credits to, I believe, Jacob's wife. Because 
I was trying. I was trying to brainstorm all these ideas, and I was sending it out to the guys. And I think pass around was one of the options. And then uh, Jacob's wife read it, or you showed it to her, and she said, "Papa pass around." Uh, and like she came up with "Papa pass around" the name. And as soon as I heard that name, I was like, "That's the Christmas deity." <laughs> We need to do this. That name's too good. Papa Pass Around. Just, it, it's, it has such a musicality to it. So, Wait, is that a yeah. spoiler right there? Is Papa Pass Around a god? Oh, oh you shit. just said that's the deity. Well, Santa's a, a deity as well. <laughs> Papa Pass Around's a god confirmed. He's a tier three division. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, he's a division. <laughs> the god of Christmas cheer. Um, we're coming yeah, for you, that, Papa that's, Pastor. On one of these years. That should be where it is. So, thank you, Jacob's wife, for. Um, hey, Jake, can I ask you the next question? That. Go for it. It's by okay. Claude, right? Yeah. Claude says, Question, colon. What does Zippy give to Norman after the Great Pass Round 2? I asked Seth for permission uh, for this uh, next question. Um, because I had to go back and kind of almost retcon something, but, uh, um, <laughs> uh, but remember this my, was all a dream in, sequence too. Yeah, <laughs> like, this like, is like the great fast round too. This is DOS non-canonical, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, are we? but, uh, what are we? Um, but in my head, I think it would have probably been the talk rock from, uh episode one like the one that we passed around i i think zippy would have grabbed it um after things were kind of getting a little busy when teams were getting set up and um because he would have he would have grabbed it because he he probably thought oh maybe maybe people need these talk rocks because he was so new to Orum and kind of Ohm in general he's like maybe people need these talk rocks whenever meetings happen so he probably would have swiped it being like I probably need one of these um, but uh, I think uh, he would have put it in a little gift for Norman there while he was like passed out and potentially dead and in a coma and whatnot because it would have been like he would have woken up and then the gift would have been there and then it would have been like. Norman, now it, it's you know it's your time to talk. You know, it's, it's your turn and something like that. So that's what I envisioned was in the box. Um, that's so beautiful. We man. can say that we can say that Norman has the talk rock now from episode one. That would have been a way better ending to that episode, that musical, than the one we wrote. So, <laughs> so, so not uh, Music stops. But okay. Hi, I'm Jacob, and I just want to explain that this gift <laughs> means. <laughs> Add the talk rock to your imaginary in- inventory from the the hallucination episode. There you go, Adam. Retcon. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Um, next question comes from Drood Randallvester uh, from Reddit, our Reddit page. Um, if these are two great questions, if your characters had never met in mm. episode one, where do you think they would be now? This is a good. We'll question. start with Jacob. <laughs> you sure you want to start with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think Zippy would have eventually found, uh, Gus Grimbley, Gus Grimbley being the person we found <laughs> in episode 12 of season yeah. one at the ship, the, you know, the shipyard, uh, like he was also selling ammo pills. Uh, they would have met <laughs> up, they would have met up and I think together they would have had their thumb down on that entire shipyard. Like they would have just controlled the whole thing. 
Uh, and so due to the sheer economic pressure we put on all the pirates and cargo men due to them buying so much ammo, um, uh, it, they, we, it would have been just like a mess for all of them because they would have <laughs> they would have just been buying everything. So how are they supposed to do their jobs? Um, but I know what you're thinking. Isn't the idea to recruit people and then go sell more ammo? Well, you know what they say about pirates and seamen, guys? It's... A lonely life out on the sea, you know. <laughs> you, you, there's not a lot of people to kind of share the ammo with, so they just kept buying. Um, <laughs> so as a workaround, we ev- they eventually found a good corner of or uh, they they eventually took control of a corner of Orm there, that shipyard, for their own personal distribution of ammo pills, creating new job titles for these folks from you know recruiter CEOs to now they're delivery CEOs because they they're not recruiters, they can't recruit people, they're they're seamen. Um, so they're delivery CEOs. That's their job title. Uh, turning the structure of the ammo pyramid a little on its side, essentially creating two pyramids, one pyramid for a typical in-house groundwork strategies and the other for distribution, logistics, and engineering. And with those two pyramids combined, ammo transformed, just like it transforms us with the pills. And from the ammo pyramid, to the, it became the ammo cat ears. Meow, meow. Ah. Now, <laughs> yeah, man. Now the Tabaxis didn't like that. Uh, regardless of the good ammo, the good ammo <laughs> did for everyone. It all came down to marketing for the Tabaxis. They didn't like that though. It, it just wasn't a good image. They didn't like that the cat ears were the new kind of image for for ammo. And if, if, unfortunately, Gus Grimbley was a Tabaxi too. So Zippy and Gus separated ways, with Gus damaging Zippy's supply chain as he left with the new prototype ammo pill, the X-Caliber. The Tabaxis modified the new (laughs) caliber ammo pill and instead rebranded it as Tabs, which is hella lame. Uh, They they formed a new pyramid-based company called Meowmo. (laughs) <laughs> which, <laughs> which stands for meow every other meow or woof <laughs> oh it's a, kind of like a call to arms and kind of like calling us ammo people like filthy dogs you know like meow every other meow or woof um <laughs> The great, the great pharmaceutical war happened. Zippy ended up perishing, but not on the battlefield, but from an ammo overdose on another prototype. <laughs> Truly a company man till the end. If you'd like a what? template of how to start a company like this, just click our link below. <laughs> um, that's what how I think it would have gone. <laughs> it probably would have gone pretty much like that. We, oh my god! I, I'm pretty. I'm. I don't think Gus Grimbley was ever. Call, I, he may not be a tabaxi, but I don't think it was ever said what he was. But, but I mean, I don't recall. Head. They were such a one-off side character. He was so sl- I, he was I, so I, sleazy yeah. that it was like, okay, not that tabaxis are sleazy, but I think they're more predisposed to it than others. But Vegeta has wares. <laughs> yeah, I just um, picture him as lemon grab, um, and also. <laughs> I didn't realize we were doing this kind of prep for this Q&A, guys. I'm not ready for this. I writing a short on that story. Note, <laughs> on that note, Connor, what do you have? I want a whole... Oh, gosh. Well, I, I have a general idea, but I don't have that kind of that kind of plot. There's, there's intrigue <laughs> and betrayal and like... I just, the cat ears of ammo. <laughs> that's a whole novella of a parallel meow, universe meow, waiting to happen. Woof. <laughs> Um, so what I figured what would happen 
is after uh, probably the failed attempt at the robbery, because like if we, you know, didn't like if the other guys weren't there, I don't know if Darian would have ended up with the same golden pass in the same way. There's no guarantee. So I think he would have just continued to uh, he would have escaped and continued to kind of wander the woods eating raw meat. Uh, as he uh, likes to do, um, just kind of meandering around, trying to find some kind of purpose, really, because in his exile, he doesn't really have one other than to learn. So he would have just kind of continued to wander for some time, making his way away from Orem, so probably never even encountering uh, Jezzy or Gallard. And I think eventually, though, he would have made his way down to Leek's Garden. And I think he would have ended up in the tournaments that were going on. So I think Darian still would have ended up down there and encountering good boy Apophis, where the two of them would eventually team up and just start a duos tournament in this in the in the the end. I can't remember. I think it's just called Leek's Garden uh, and in yeah. those tournaments as well. And so he probably would still be there to this day, just training, basically fighting wave after wave of animal. And uh, he might even be oh, a better fighter than he is now. <laughs> he probably would have taken nice the blue pill. Ended up with Apophis. He's just such a bro. His his. Uh, and his uh, animal magnetism just would have, you know, instinctually uh, drawn Darian that direction, and that's they still would have become. Uh, but maybe I, I agree with Adam that maybe he would have taken the pill, like like Apophis was going to potentially peer pressure. Uh, you know what? <clears throat> there's a yeah. there's a there's a chance. Uh, I think not not the ammo pill, the meow meowmo pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the meowmo pill would have made its way down. Uh, you know, he gets sponsored by meowmo. Uh, it becomes a brand boy in the tournament. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, you have like stickers over your body. <laughs> yeah, my armor's got like Miyamo on the back, sponsored by Miyamo. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be pretty. Good. Um, amazing, Adam. Where would Normandy have ended up? And Peterson, if you want to say that as well. Okay. Peterson definitely would have um, settled down, maybe not far from that. Tabaxi village at the end of his prologue, um, where he goes, I can't remember where yogurt and uh blackjack are from. Um, yep. he probably would have like started a new s- goblin settlement nearby there just because he's still he's looking for a place to restart his tribe, uh, you know, way back in the day to keep it simple. But uh, and you know, I could go on more about that, but I won't. Um, with Normandy. I seriously think he would be the king of Ohm by now. Uh, the only reason being is because there was such a vacuum there, and we haven't really had a chance to to go into it, but Norman's skill set, uh, especially back then, was a lot of deception. He could impersonate people. He could steal their memories and, and things that we haven't really been able to do. He could incite fear to make people leave their post, and then he could steal their identity and, and things like that. And by, back then, he was convinced, I must become the king of Orem to better the world and, and prove myself to Roy so that I could one day, <laughs> it's crazy, inherit the deep. This bad, that's back what he thought. And probably what he would still think um, until Orem got attacked by all the revolters for the ammo company. And then he would probably just get killed. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, do you think Zippy, so do you think Zippy and Darian kind of changed his, his mindset about things? Oh, yeah. And the fact that we met Tori and had such leeway with him largely because of Zippy's intervention 
Um, and then that kind of got Norman the chance to talk to Tori and say, what is this symbol? It is Lennox. And then we got to go into the dream sequence where we got to see Royce's hand start to pull him down. And that's where he first started telling him, we can, we must be one. We must be one. What does that mean? Um, but ultimately, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, um, May and Cornelius probably would have just killed Normandy and then no one would have brought him back. So, um, although he, I think, he may have been king at that time. Who knows? Yeah, I think inevitably May and Cornelius would have come to you. But regardless of whether you tried to become the king through deception, I think because you had Royce's latent power and Matsumura within you, you could have like leveled the joint. <laughs> like, like, like if Royce was let loose, like inevitably he was, you know what I mean? Like you, you destroyed May and Cornelius basically in, in Royce mode. So uh, I think whether you took the kingdom by force or, or by diplomatic means, you could have made it happen. Um, but the second part of Drude Randall Vester's question here uh, was obviously the main plot is treasure hunting, but I'd love to know your favorite subplot in the story and why. For example, Hollows, the Ammo Pill, Blue Flower Mysteries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, I don't know if you could call it a subplot because I think it's pretty ma- important to the main plot. I do like the Black Bunny Ball plot, obviously, because it's mm. very much a part of my character, but I think I'd consider that like a main plot. So a subplot, I think, which I've always found really interesting is like, I really like Rasha for whatever reason. I just, I think there's so much going on there that we didn't even touch that like, yes. that like is really interesting. I, I don't know. I, just, I really like desert locales and, um, and just like that, how they're, it's like, you know, they're following kind of that, was it the second grand treasure? Second? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the building that houses the second grand treasure. Yeah, and library. it's just like this, like, just like total horror show but then there's like yeah. there's like this these it's almost like a las vegas type thing with like you know rizzy races and then mm. there's like jabba the hutness with the with um you know these like local leaders who kind of have gained a lot of wealth that you just feel like there's so much going on there you could spend just like a whole campaign there wow it's almost, uh, it's almost mad max like too for sure. I just, I really like Rasha, but, and like, obviously, the grand like, pilgrimage never ends. It's like they're all following a Baba Yaga style. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the real world, but I always, I kind of think back to that place really fondly. Yeah. That was a good arc. Mm. Um, Adam or Connor? I, I've got uh, one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> um, for me, I, I don't know if I would really call it a subplot either. I think it kind of is because it ties into Salem. Uh, but for me in fantasy, I always kind of gravitate to like the like kind of like the divine plot lines. So since its inception, I've been like really obsessed with like the deity structure and stuff that like Seth has put together um, and a lot of the implications of it. And so something that I've even like pressed him on before, but he's never confirmed for me to this day is, um, you know, one of the rules that he set out is that all the gods exist because they are divisions of a previous god. But at the top of his structure, he has two gods. So for me, what's uh, implicit in Mm. that is that there was one god originally. That was the original division that created Domi and Nobis. And then there's also some hinted at stuff there too, like when the gods divide that like, you know, it's very flowery and nice. But like, was the original division like 
consensual? Was there like divine murder kind of going on there? Like what is like the deeper implications and stuff that are all part of that, that I've just been hooked on since the get go on like the beasts of creation. I remember talking to Seth about too, that I wanted to like dive into that. Cause I pictured many of them as like this, these shadow of Colossus type entities that existed. And so I, I originally wanted to make a character who was kind of like obsessed with that stuff and, and diving into that. And so I really want to explore that and what all of those things mean in terms of like, you know, the laws of the universe, um, so to speak, but, uh, it's kind of the opposite of Darian. He hates the gods. I know it was (laughs) (laughs) one of my biggest regrets was making a character who literally hated the gods and did not care about them. Because me personally, I'm like, I just, that's all I want to like, I want to keep pushing on that and see where it goes. Um, I just thought it would be so interesting. But I mean, at the same time, uh, I thought it was really funny, Jacob, that you said you always gravitate to like to the desert locales. Me personally, I, they're like my, personally, my least favorite. I'm like, whenever we have to oh, go to Mario like, 64, it's my least favorite level. Yeah. Like really? I just, I'm always like, oh, <laughs> desert levels. Ugh. Like I'm like, I never want to do the desert level for me. Um, I don't know. I like the desert sorry. levels. They're fun. I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah. it's, I, I feel like desert, any, any place, any type of thing, sort of media that has a desert level is always to me makes you feel like it's hiding a lot. Mm-hmm. like war and stuff so i think that's what i like about it. oh you know i'm i'm not trying to harp on you for it i just think it's funny because like i'm Connor, always like are you attacking me <laughs> oh my I, goodness because i feel similarly about like the water ones right kind of a similar idea like where things are lost to like an <laughs> abyss like kind of similar i guess kind of sentiment of like things being covered up or lost but we killed so. bubba yeah, so we're okay. <laughs> he's gone forever. Really quickly, I will say to your point of the beast of creation. I actually, I, I really, really like the beast of creation. I wish I, I could show them off a bit more. Like you see Karen, but there's so much and they're so varying. But even the sky whales that that were the siblings that were pulling Jadu, I had all this lore about them. And I think I think I'm going to hopefully soon sit down and write a bunch of Jadu lore because there was some stuff about the whales I really wanted to say and how they started pulling Jadu and all that stuff. And uh, I really want to write it out and 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 give it to people to read because unfortunately I didn't get a chance to say it explicitly. So but I will you? say yeah, Karen and them did have a bit of a reunion when when, when he showed up, but that was off screen. So there you go. Seth, would you but ever Adam, write like a narrative, like a short story about Jadu? And it's like, Adam, history? that's a question later. Oh, sorry. Shoot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, uh, let so me think on it. I'll get, ba- okay, okay. I'll get back sorry, to sorry, you. Sorry, I'll sorry. get back to you okay. when somebody else asks me. So, for <laughs> as far as that last question pertains to me, uh, favorite side mm. arc, I have no proof of this, but I want to know. So, Jacob did a one shot about these floating crystals in the sky, and I want to know where those are <laughs> in Ohm. I know <laughs> that they're in there, and we will find them mostly because I want to find Gecko Saiba. Um, <laughs> but Apart from that, um, Greg, big book here. <laughs> when Normandy, I'll keep this really brief, and I don't mean to sound so cryptic, but when Normandy went under and started talking with Royce, I asked Seth a lot of questions like, Normandy and Royce are together for a long time. What are they talking about? Like, are they talking? Are they exchanging information? Um, and a lot of that stuff, which is kind of what wouldn't be right to to unveil influenced the weird strained relationship that they have how like they want to work together they kind of try to cooperate but they're really at odds because they ultimately want the same thing which is control um but 
all that to say, the little bit that I was able to convince Seth to, to let Royce tell me is I want to know what is Salem's end goal? What is his true purpose? Because we really don't know nothing, anything about them. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll leave it at know. that. I'll leave it at that. So, yeah. Uh, here is another question. We won't dive too much into this. Uh, we'll have to, we're getting closest to it. We'll, we'll start answering these a bit quicker. But uh, from Sam from Instagram, uh, how does your editing process work? Any tips or tricks you've learned over the years? Trade Many. secrets. Um, me and Jacob uh, do a lot of the editing for the show. Adam and Connor have done it too. But uh, for, for our editing process, I don't know, Jacob, do you want to say anything about this? Like, Yeah, so... I mean, I'm not going to tell people this is the gold standard or because we could be doing, we think it's worked well so far, especially with season three. Um, But this could, uh, our process could be totally wrong (laughs) how people actually (laughs) are supposed to do it. Uh, But we we definitely put a lot of work into it. Um, I mean... Like it starts at the beginning of the episode where we we all like we have never like we were going going to season four and we've never actually ever recorded an episode. I guess the musicals uh, we recorded once or twice in person, but we've all our main episodes we've never recorded in person ever. It's always been online. Um, and how we do it because there's sync issues with uh, editing is at the beginning of every uh, recording we record. And then we count down together, um, one, two, or three, two, one. And what it does when we edit, we line that up together uh, so that it's mostly in sync. And then from there, we kind of just edit the episode. What that means is basically there'll be certain things that... So so an episode will usually be a little over two hours of the raw edit. And then we usually cut around actually about 20 minutes worth of it that you guys never hear. I think that's pretty much the average. Um, we uh, Things that we cut are things like gaps between answering questions, things we have to clarify with Seth. We would like to, when, it, when it's important, we leave clarifications in, we do. Um, but, uh, and sometimes there's overtalk and uh, it, sometimes it's up to the discretion of the editor to get rid of someone asking a question in the background while maybe Seth's talking or Adam's talking or someone's uh, trying to butt in. We'll cut things like that out. Um, so how we do it is there's a first, a raw going through no music or everything, just editing down, making everything go really clean and, um, and sharp where it's just a very snappy where it makes a nice episode to listen to. And then after that, we put it through a sort of audio mix that kind of levels things out really well, uh, balancing wise. And then from there we... We use programs. We use a couple online programs to get music uh, to fill in kind of uh, the, you know, sound effects music to put into the episode. Uh, I don't know how Seth does it, but like uh, his methodology. I do it completely differently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or no, I I mean, more of the methodology behind like uh, choosing music. For me, I try to envision scenes as best as I can while I'm going through that initial edit. And then I, I have an idea of what I want to type in music-wise. So with these programs online, um, you can just put in random, not even genres, but moods almost. Or you can be like sad or, or um, you know, conflict or, or things like that. Inspirational. Inspiration. I mean, I, conflicted. You, I, 
I listen to a few. Usually, I look at the beats per minute or beats per second or whatever. Um, it, I think it's beats per minute uh, to see how fast I want it to go tempo wise with how to, you know, raise the heartbeat of the listeners who are listening. If Darian's about to do something cool, obviously you want something like 120 beats per minute. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of you. I, I listen to a million different songs while trying to pick, you know, good ones and. St- Seth's better at sound effects than I am. I think I'm better at music than Seth is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I think, though, that our, our general editing philosophy is, like, <clears throat> the, the we need the D&D to shine through, but this also has to be a show, right? Like, the, uh, fights are the worst for podcasters and D&D people because they suck to listen to. Trust me, you would hate our show if you had to listen to us do one of our fights like unedited cuz it's so long, it's so boring and most of it's math. And it's like it's Connor also does this that. thing where he throws up every 2 minutes like on the every dime. 2 minutes. <laughs> so right. it's a lot of cutting I, do, I don't know what it's happens. Great, it's just all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> But <make> basically <laughs> uh my big philosophy about it is just, is just like Jacob said, it's, it's getting the mood right. It's getting the thing right. A big thing that I've learned over the years is I used to just put like high octane music for every fight, like just all throughout. But that gets kind of samey for for like 20 minutes or so or 30 minutes of a fight. So you got to have that ebb and flow. You got to have like those 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 parts where it's building and it's building and then crescendos at a big attack. I think you can notice nowadays that some of our music is super on point because we just time it like beautifully to like the moment. So yeah, that's how we do it. But anyways, that's really technical. But Sam, I know you said also in the question on Instagram uh, that you're starting a podcast. Uh, let us know how it goes and let us know when we can I, listen to it. I think, I think everyone, it, it sounds like editing an episode sounds very overwhelming, but I think everyone should at least try it once and trying to put music and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's like, it's, it sounds so boring to like, like, I used to, editing used to be quite boring for me, but it's like when we started getting more and more, I really enjoy the music and sound effects side. If you try it and try and put some in, it's just like, and, and see how it elevates your audio, whether it be you're just talking or whatever. Um, you know, you just say you're doing a, a news podcast or something. It's just put it in and see how it elevates and it really excites you about your work, I think. Like there's so many times that like, I, I really get excited about, adam's character darian's character and uh, because of just like the music we put behind it and stuff it really elevates things and i think that if you're asking about edit like editing it's so much easier to not edit and i get it why people do that um because it's just not that's easier but you know sometimes you want that rawness but try editing and whatnot and seeing how, how you can almost impress yourself and how um nice and clean you can make kind of an episode that's just what we prefer but um, jake yeah well uh is there like a free music thing that you would recommend for someone just getting started like if someone doesn't want to buy a subscription to a music software what would you recommend for someone who who just wants to try without having to invest yeah there's a a youtube thing right stuff that has free stuff yeah yeah there's uh, youtube audio library is great not only for YouTube videos, but also for podcasts, they allow that. But also, and they have sound effects there too. But also, Free Music Archive is is very well known, and they do have some solid picks. It's a bit hard to find, like you know, s- moods and, and the exact thing. You have to do a bit more digging, but that is free. Um, 
but yeah, YouTube Audio Library, we use that a lot in the first few seasons and stuff before we to get your feet wet, pay mm-hmm. for licensed. Yeah, to get your feet wet, definitely. That's number one. And in terms of an editor, um, I mean, everybody should know about this, but like Audacity <laughs> is free. <laughs> it's actually pretty oh, yeah. solid. Yeah, yeah, like you edit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, like. There's obviously a lot of really good editors out there, but like, I, I'm just so used to Audacity, and it's free. I just use Audacity personally. Yeah. Um. But enough technical talk. Let's get back to real deal stuff. Jasper came back and asked more questions. Thank you again. Darian, when you're finally allowed to return to the Feywild, would you bring your friends with you? Actually, wait, you get to return in 50 years as if he would be dead again. (laughs) But would you bring Norman at least? And I'm sorry to say, but Norman would be, if he's alive, an old, old man. uh, Would you bring them back? I did a quick fact check on this one because, yeah, tieflings can live up to 150 years. So, I mean, as long as he stayed healthy, Norman might actually be in an okay state. Um, Going keto. Yeah, (laughs) Norman, would you be up? Would you be up for a trip at that age? Well, I guess I could test it out. (laughs) Come listen to the tale I know. Um, I knew once. I uh, but sorry, I'll keep it quick. I knew it once. I'll keep it quick because we're we're getting later in this Q and A, and we still got we still got a bunch of questions left. Um, but I mean, as it stands right now, I mean they're in the middle of this grand adventure. But let's say everything kind of settles all hunky dory, and we're all okay by the end of it. Um, yeah, I think of course, uh, Darian would try and he well, he would definitely bring Norman along, or at least offer to bring him back. Um. To kind of see what's going on there. I don't know if he would bring him right away. He might go back first and then go back and get him. Uh, just because, you know, who knows what things will be like if, if he does wait the full 50 years and what that looks like. Um, so, yeah, he would probably go back first, make sure everything's all cool, and then go back and get Norman and ask him if he wants to wants to go check it out once he knew it wasn't <laughs> safe. Or he knew it was safe, sorry. <laughs> I still think the Fey Wilds um, are destroyed. I think it's barren wasteland by the time we get back there. I mean, oh. is my theory. <laughs> at least twenty five percent of it. Everything's still on is. fire. <laughs> um, okay, uh, yeah, we'll speed up. We'll do not lightning round, but we'll we'll go a bit quicker here. Zippy, tell us more about that. As I say that, the next question is <laughs> Zippy. Tell us more about the Bramble Patch. I want to know everything. Make this Q and A super long. <laughs> <laughs> what timing? All right, Jacob, well, Bramble well, for two well. minutes. Everyone oh. wants to know about the Bramble Patch, eh? All right, so we we know about. You know, the houses of the Bramble Patch, you know, the fur water house, science based, <laughs> and they do like the little bunny train, uh, you know, inventions, the black coat, you know, family who's like the army to the hard foot, you know, family who's like the in charge <laughs> of the black bunny castle. Uh, we know that. And, you know, then there's the Westboro clan who's in charge of like goods and foods and, you know, all the carrots and whatnot. But did you know... About this creek behind Zippy's house. <gasps> Just a creek. It's Slippy Stream Creek. <laughs> Slippy Stream Creek. It looks like Jake's and looking at his palm like with notes written down. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing on here. Um, um, and Zippy play used to play a lot in that creek growing up with his siblings friends hibippy everything <laughs> and i don't know maybe that's really what makes zippy so special 
Slippy Stream Creek, everyone. He's, a kid. he's Achilles. He was dipped in Slippy Stream when he was a baby, and he's become a mortal. I think, I think this just became my new favorite subplot, and I think he's alluding to the water being contaminated. He was dipped by the ear. That's why the one ear bends over. It's because that's what he was yeah. dipped by. It's the one part that's not magical. I'm There'll be more time for more lore. Anyways, going on. Um, negative zero. Uh, guys, what do you think hope is in the grand treasure that you're searching for? Uh, let's make this quick uh, as a character and as a player. Uh, eh, kind of both. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Adam, what do you think? Um, I think it's something that would give you equal status with the the god that has that corresponding treasure. I think. I think that like. Norman wants that piano key so that it can make him equal status with Royce and Lennox in some way. He wants to be independent, not have to need the God's power because he found it his own to keep it, to keep it brief, not specifics, Mm. but that's what he wants. Connor, as my good old pal, Sheev Palpatine would say, unlimited power (laughs) (laughs) no i think i think uh you know darian's kind of like earlier goal has stayed largely the same in terms of the grand treasures and that he's looking for some kind of ultimate power that will yeah remove any kind of dependence on divine or otherwise that he can basically become in control of his own life at that point. Hmm. I think and hope it'll be something like Groundhog Day-ish. I was listening back mm. to episode 12 today with that, with Gus mm-hmm. Grimby. Uh, and in it, he's like, in a month will be the, um, the ammo uh, conference. And so it's like the power scaling on our characters in such a short amount of time. I wonder if it's like our characters are just like, it's there's some sort of predestined thing going on. And like the grand treasure we're looking for is like a reset thing where it brings us ah. back, but we always end up back together. But like power has been accumulating over time. And it's just like And that's like, what makes the floating I, crystals in the sky. Exactly. Yeah. Because I went from level one to level ten real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so like every time you come back, you level up faster, basically. Like you advance faster. That is, that's kind of neat. Fun you know? No. I, I mean, like, there's obviously reasons for our characters to level up in a podcast to make it interesting, and obviously, like, nope. having things happen in a quick amount of time. Ab- but absolutely not. Nope. I think it's that would, would be fun. Would be fun. But I mean, that's that's also. Yeah. People have done that before, and you know I, Seth knows what he's doing. I, I think it'd be cool if it was empty, and then the, you know the the whole. If you say friendship, I swear way. to God, Seth. <laughs> um, no, the grand treasure. There is something in the grand treasure. The one piece is real. All treasures are real. Your dreams are real. Everything's real. Uh, there's something there, but uh, and okay, just quick, to really uh, quickly. If, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Quick, well, quick, just quick. To, just to say, with Peterson, I would say he his very specific desire with going to the second grand treasure is he wants to learn how he he believes it's possible. To, I don't know if this is going too much into this, but he believes it's possible to somehow bring his tribe back. Um, and he Aww. wants knowledge, so that's why he went to the second grand treasure for knowledge. Um, and then when he had to leave, um, that was a big loss. 
So he's still trying, but that's what he wanted. Yeah. I like how the Grand Treasures, every, everyone can have like a general thing they want. I'm just like, I just want knowledge or Zippy. He just wants fame or, or Darian. He just wants to, he's in exile. We don't really like, fuck Darian. <laughs> <Not exactly. laughs> Thanks. Thanks. All right. Um, he deserves that exile. Why aren't we talking about that? Um, Thumbs but uh, <laughs> no, the, the Grand Treasures are are great. And the most recent season with the vault and everything was a lot of fun. Uh, if the characters could speak with the dead on Lou, what would they want us to ask? Or what, what would what would you mm. want to ask Lou? How if there's a fail safe and if he speak with dead said, no, I'm not telling you, I would tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Adam, what would uh, Normandy say? Or or, or Peterson? Um, I'd probably say, hey, that ring, what does it do? Is probably all I'd... <laughs> the ring that I stole is probably the big thing. Yeah. And then I think Zippy would be like, be like, you couldn't have picked a better, you know, double for me? <laughs> you know, the clone? Clone <laughs> Zippy? <laughs> He's kind of lame. Uh, no, Zippy would probably be like, fuck you. Um, uh, if your character could be tethered with any god slash being, would they and who would they choose? Um, I think it's obvious with Zippy. Zippy, well, he's basically already tethered anyways, but to David. Um, <laughs> <there's>, believe! <laughs> believe! You can't I will tell keep... me... That that catch that Peterson did wasn't intervened by any sort of God being, you know. I I I will say it a million times. I find it hilarious that in a world where gods are tangible and real and verifiably real, Zippy believes in the only one that might be fake. (laughs) (laughs) Made up, like like, it's amazing. Excuse you, Adam Connor. Oh, sorry, (laughs) Adam was gonna go. Yeah, I, I, we were kind of talking about the gods briefly before we started recording. And I mean, the question is, would they, uh, as it stands, Darian probably wouldn't because he wants to sever the connection. But if he did, uh, I think it would be like really interesting to know what it would be like to be a tether of the god of life. So there is a first division, Rill, who's the god of life. And, uh, who's divided but we've seen other titles be passed down into the second division so i'm curious as to what the tether of the god of life would look like like mm. do you literally walk around and ev- all flowers bloom and everything grows and everyone's hunky-dory like what is what does that look like i just think that'd be really interesting yeah hmm. uh okay peterson would definitely be uh Friel, the the god of the goddess of logic uh, because he's pursuing knowledge. Um, but then Normandy, I think he's going to just quote Ultron and say, there are no strings on me, uh, I think is his big thing right now. is Damn. He kind of resents the fact that he has been sought to be a vessel for so long. And he's saying, no, I will control my own fate. Uh, and if Hell I'm going to yeah. Yeah, achieve greatness, it's because I'm going to take it for myself. Uh, yeah. Cool. Seth, what's your favorite that. lore drop? Yeah. Uh, favorite lore drop from season three? Yeah, that was your favorite um, to reveal. Okay, my favorite to reveal was, uh, out of all of them, so many. I loved, uh, you know, more gazer stuff with the moon and the flock. I love flock stuff. I want to do more flock stuff. But um, my favorite, 
even more so than like Lou Blonger, Paperboat, Connection stuff. Well, it, I got to give it to my boy Bradley because yeah. that one was in the hopper like from the freaking get go. Like, like, like he was talking to animals from the beginning. Mm. And, and a finally, finally. That. And Ganala being this looming thing that's abstract. And you thought you were close to his tether and Takul. And people think his tether's in Takul, but it's not. It's in this little brat. Stop, son. Um, I can only get so excited. <laughs> I know. I just, I, I like that. I like that. It's brat. And it's like, oh, it was there all along. Like, I, that was, I was really happy with that he one. He clearly so, yeah, sees something one. in Bradley that we don't. Just saying. <laughs> you, you, you guys only see people wetsuit deep. You got to look be, <laughs> beneath the wetsuit. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, Seth, what on earth was the big carcass left behind in the flashback of Peterson and Lou? This is from Jacob on Facebook. Um, Adam would also know this, um, but it, it's it's a beast. It's the thing that was hunting Peterson that Peterson hasn't talked too much about. You expect some more on that soon, I'm sure. But was it dead? Was it? Who knows? But uh, it's wait, it's, it's it might not be dead. Village. Oh, we don't know. No. I didn't. Great, he was still breathing. <laughs> oh, you heard it um, here first. Everybody. It's a. No. I will say though, it's a giant boar with all these holes in it that like have wind whistling through, so you can hear it coming by a large whistle. Um, and it it it's ginormous, and it destroyed uh, Peterson's village. So, Rip. there you go. All right. Let's see. Um, Seth, also, will we ever know more about Gilbert? What's his true connection with Marley and Paige? Will these Will these be answered soonish? It's it's killing killing them. This it's, is by Coffee Dazes. Uh, will we ever know more about Gilbert? Potentially. Uh, what's his true connections with Marley and Paige? Um, they're not his grandkids. We know that much. I, I want. Uh, yeah, well, you know he's not his grandkids. That's his true connection. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, there, I, I, I already told this. you the true connection. It shouldn't be killing you. Come on, get out of here. Um, there you go. Um, will Darian forgive Lily for dating Beans <laughs> after his death? Like, I get her moving on, but Beans did rat him, right? I guess I would like to know what his feelings for her is now. Ooh, good um, oh, so this one, Beans. Uh, I've had some time, I, I did see this one before the episode, and I've had some time to stew on it and think about it. Um, I don't well, think... Well, stew with beans it makes sense. Nice. Good job, Coffee. <laughs> this really got Connor in the, in the brain. Um, but I, for the episode, I'll keep it a little quicker. Um, I don't think Darian actually believes that they're dating. I think, like, because, you know, Darian, like, at the very least, was in a relationship with Lily, knows her very well and her character, and knows who Beans is and how everybody kind of perceived Beans. And I think it would take a lot of damage for her to ever actually want to be in a relationship with him. So I don't think Darian actually believes they're even together. If they but are... But if they were... If, yeah. they, if were, they were dating... Uh, I don't know. Would, the, and would you forgive? That's the main so, thing here. <laughs> I, kill her? I mean, forgive her. I think he would. He could forgive her because she thinks he's dead. He probably would still be a little like salty that it's like you know this is the dude who got me exiled, right? Or like executed. So like he'd be a little salty about that. But I also like I think there's still an avenue there because he's like you did think I was dead. It's like fine, but beans really Connor one last time. One last time for the audience. Can you do the what you did in the Christmas musical? The Beans. 
Yes. <laughs> We're waiting for that. There's a payoff for that in the future. <laughs> I can't um, wait for it. I mean, I did get to beat him up a little bit uh, in the Man of Snow arc, which is great. Exactly. We got right, another someone, question here. Question. Yeah, next question. Uh, Adam. Most, I, well, it's for all of us, but Adam, I think you should answer first. Negative Zero asks, there was so much music this season, which was amazing. Very much hope it continues through season four. Spoilers, it will. <laughs> so what was all your favorite songs of the season? I will include great pass round four stuff in this as well. Mm. So what was everybody's favorite songs? Adam, especially you. What, which was your favorite to make and listen to? I think uh, Just So Hard when Norman is holding Zippy's dead body has got to be um, probably the most emotional song that actually um, I, I had a really hard time writing it that I actually outsourced it to my brother Joseph um, and he he actually helped me write all the lyrics um, wh- while we were driving to work one day just because I, I, I had a really hard time getting myself in the right mindset of like it was just too sad and I, I it was it was really hard um, but then afterwards it it kind of wrote itself like the melody and the I, I kind of wish I could go back and, and take another swing at that song. But like sometimes we, we find out something has happened and then the, we're recording the next episode like next week. And it was like, okay, I, I want to have this ready for the guys to show them. Uh, but like, this is what's on Normandy's heart. Uh, so, so that one was really special to me. Maybe I'll do a re-release like with a better production quality down the line. I thought it came together amazing. That song. I, I liked it so much. I actually played it at my cocktail hour at my wedding last year. <laughs> it was actually there in the background for one of the tracks. But no, yeah, I, I love that song. But I had no creative input in that because I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. And if you're just listening to yeah. this now, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. well, go back and listen to the whole show first. <laughs> yeah. Jacob, what's uh, what was your favorite song? I love set. I think it's called set the scene, right? Paint the scene. Mm. Paint the scene. Well, yeah. The audio that was given to us earlier is called name set change. The scene. Yeah. yeah, that might have been a. That might have been a <laughs> name change. Name changes. Name changes. Uh, I love that one. Season th- uh, three uh, finale ending song. It's just so good. I think it's one of the best ones we've ever done. Um, it's it's se- uh, second to Sandcastle. Same fortune. Um, <laughs> no, um, I love that one, um, and uh, it's yeah. I, I I listen to that one straight for a week. I think I re- wow. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get obsessed with the song. I just listen to it for like a week. Straight. Been there, been there. Um, I Connor might be bad just because I don't know the song names all super well. But is the paint the scene the same one as Rising Up? Or that's yeah, yeah, it is yeah. the same song. Okay, the, that's that's yeah. what I was gonna say too. Because Adam, you have that uh, sweet rap uh, that you go into in oh, that right. one. That you like, it's like I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering, but it's like it feels like it's like a minute long that you're just like going. And I remember when I was listening to that, and the, it just kept going and going. And as you continued to go, I was just getting more and more hyped. Like he's still going. <laughs> like it was just Actually, like funny, funny story so about good. that. So back then, I was living underneath tenants upstairs and we your borough your borough yeah yeah i was in my borough and they're upstairs <laughs> but there's no sound insulation up there and the rap is so long and so hard especially for someone like me who doesn't always speak the clearest i had to do so many takes and i just felt bad because i was like halfway through after doing like 20 takes 
I texted people upstairs. I was like, guys, I'm so sorry if you guys can hear this. And they said, oh, we got it memorized now. I was like, no. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Like, I was like, oh, okay, so I'm, I'm done for the day. <laughs> All right. Seth. Wait, uh, yeah. Um, For me, I think my favorite song has to be uh, the little uh, zippy thing that he did in the in the last great pass round the little made-up song jingle that, <laughs> that he just, <laughs> turn the other cheek <laughs> we all come from the same soul so i forget how it comes so but, don't be no, a no uh that one's great and people but, um, want bramble patch lore i give you enough <laughs> <laughs> no i i think i i i really liked um I don't know. Uh, I, you'll never really know. I I really like that one. Uh, you'll never really. Was that know season three? Mm. Yeah, what? I know. It feels like forever ago. Also, I've got the fire. is pretty. It's pretty hot. Mm. But I, I think I like. You'll never. Uh, you'll never really know because it was just. It was the first one of the season. It was when we started like you know really ramping up the songs uh, from the amazing "I'm Back" season two finale. So I think that one's that's my favorite. Uh, all right, next Seth. question. When do you find time to come up with all the character voices? Do you practice them? It's from Red Knight 0036. Um, when do I find... Uh, I'll answer this quick. When do I come find time? I, I don't know. I just kind of do it all all the time. I, I give little voices. My wife hates it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the character voices. Uh, yeah, I practice them. But to be honest, how I first found out I could actually somehow do some voices, hopefully somewhat effectively, was actually uh, playing games with Jacob. I, I Sometimes I watch Jacob play some games that are like single player games so we can experience the story together specifically one was kingdom hearts and that's and jacob would be playing and i would just be mockingly <laughs> making jokes at him as the like the the disney characters especially winnie the pooh like, like, like that. i love i love just going oh Tom. No, no, that's not even it i can't even do it wait, wait, wait let me get into it let me get into it Oh, I can't feel it in my tummy. Oh, honey. <laughs> like, like I, I would just do that. I'd be like, oh, Sora, I need that cape. He used to do like <laughs> Chippendale yeah. too. But it's oh, Chippendale, like, I would just go like, but it wasn't even... <laughs> like I just scream. That's not a good one. I'm 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 rusty right it's, now, but it, it's it takes like, a warm up. But the chip, it's because they're like using calm radios and stuff in those games, yeah. and it's just like the most annoying sound ever oh. uh, so i would just mock jacob and and sora and all the kingdom hearts people doing the voice and then i was like you know what i can do these in the show why not i'll cross them <laughs> over and then he literally and yeah. i another just quick one of like where seth just does them like wherever i have i remember there's this really great time the two of us were just playing some smash bros and while we were playing we just kept doing random characters because when you play long enough you just do whatever and seth would just make up characters like for the characters that we were playing and uh it's just absolutely hilarious there was the I, what was it the the preacher you did like a southern preacher for oh, a yeah. sinner southern preacher incineroar <laughs> <laughs> I was suplex you into the Lord's it's fire not a fire oh, within yeah. my soul <laughs> you have a fire within you <laughs> so, so, yeah you so get really amazing. into it <laughs> so yes so, Lou, Lou Blonger was birthed by incineroar <laughs> honestly probably but yes yeah, so that's that's how I do it um, Adam when making music do you have helper inspiration what do you think about Norman losing his demon powers Okay. Uh, I try really hard when I'm writing songs not to listen to any outside music. The only time where I really used another song as a template, funny enough, was uh, Just So Hard because um, Justin Bieber's Stay. It's not really his song. There's someone else there too. Um, Kid Leroy, I think. Yeah. But yeah. When, when they released Stay, I thought, man, I want a song that length, that tempo. I basically copied the BPMs 
for it and the song structure for it when writing it and then my brother helped me um i also outsourced to my brother for anything like symphonic like strings horns because he produces that kind of stuff um but I try really hard to write everything, all the melodies, without an instrument. While I'm driving, I do a lot of driving, and I find that without the constraints of an instrument there that tends to pull you down to the same four chords all the time, I come up with the most, my most original material anyway. Um, and You should see his voice memos. Oh, I literally have like 600 <laughs> and yeah. in my phone right now. Um, okay, uh, what do I think about Normandy losing his powers? Um I'm forcing myself to see it as a win-win-win. You know, either he he never gets any other kind of ultra move and he has to be the most creative that he's ever had to be. So that's a win. Or he gets them back somehow, some way, in which case he's a great redemptive arc. Or three, he gets some other kind of edge so that he can keep up with the players uh, mathematically, like uh, or mechanically, I should say, in which case... That's all new. Um, I did not think that I would lose Royce that way. I um, and and I'm just trying to just kind of say that's how it is. I'm trying not to think mm. about it too much. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, cut. cut. Uh, <laughs> you you people asking questions, don't you know he hurts inside? Um. For Connor, when Darian lost his sight and when Zippy botched the surgery, what was going through your head? Uh, I I feel like I got <laughs> most of it voiced in the episode, but it can probably be yeah. summed up with Zippy. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Um, oh, we'll make sure to get more of those out next season. Um, and for me, when playing Zippy, is there much thought behind how he acts or just... Uh, doing the first thing that pops into your head. Uh, first off, uh, screw you. Um, <laughs> uh, who is this, Red Knight 36? Um, no. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, yes and no. I mean, like, I, I like to do things unconventionally, um, and I like to... Maybe it's because Seth's my brother, but I do like to try and slip him up a bit sometimes. <laughs> I think it works out well for the story. I think it's interesting. Um, and I think it just works with Zippy. He's just like, that's just who he is. Like, And uh, I I try to, kind of like what I said before, Zippy taking over, I try to keep up with Z- what Zippy does. And then I try to, you know... Yeah, do the best that I can to like bullshit what's going on as much as I can. I like uh, as sorry. as it happens. It's like suddenly I'm leading a druid army. I try to act like this is just an everyday thing. It's not, you know. <laughs> I, but um, yeah, I like how that answer can be summarized um, with: first of all, how dare you for saying that? Second of all, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and exactly. exactly the last one here from red knight says what is one thing you loved about the season and the characters and one thing you would change if you could go back quick what would we all love um i i just i thought juju is a great arc i, I don't know how else to say i i really liked the druid army thing and then i i really liked how the season ended i thought it was a great ending personally uh something i would change if you go back um, the moon arc, I think we could have touched a bit deeper on, like, like, or not deeper on, but like, I, I feel like there's so much, 
Mm. I, the moon arc was was such a blur for me and just like in in a good way because a lot happened but i feel like it's just like it's like oh if i could go back i wonder what else we could try mm. there type of thing i feel like yes, this shit hit the fan really quickly in the moon arc so we didn't get yeah, to dive into as yeah. much but yeah um well i guess uh i you know what i honestly would probably feel fairly similarly in both like in, in that and that if i could go back and change anything actually um I wish I could have saved Draken. Um, that's selfishly just because I love the character and it was so much fun having Draken around. Did you guys see this poor guy, <laughs> even like beyond his character, feels so bad for Draken. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I, 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 as a player, selfishly, I just miss him because he, like, it was so much fun riffing with oh, Seth, uh, with Draken. Um, so I, I wish, I wish Draken was still around, but that's just, uh, hey, that's just the way the cookie crumbles when you make stupid calls and you get imprisoned. So, you know, that's hey, the breaks. Not um, stupid calls. Well, you make not. the wrong call. Um, we'll Adam, do it that way. Adam, what about you? Well, the thing I liked, I, though, thing I liked, no. though, sorry, I really liked that we put all of that effort into saving Apophis and it worked. And now he's on our <laughs> yeah. crew. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one thing I loved, not to make it all about my own characters, but I loved when Zippy broke like the fifth wall and <laughs> went and spoke to Peterson's memory, uh, like the memory of Peterson and, and opened the oh, gateway yeah. so that when Darren was fighting him, he could be brought back because... And then Darian, you know, put the ring on him. And like Seth said it, like you saved Peterson. And I never really realized until he said those words. Like, I, I think Peterson would have died in that episode. I think his fate was sealed. Like his his name was on the wall, basically, until yeah. Jake and Connor did something that I could not do. Um, so I love that. The More than saving Apophis, I, I love that they saved Peterson. Um, but the thing that I regret... And I know that that's a word we don't like to use um, is opening that vial of the half soul in front of that one <laughs> Minotaur dude where and, and that kind of is what made everything go bad on the moon because he kind of got busted. Serial <laughs> got mad at us. Um, and and honestly, I I think Normandy is kind of going like, how does Darren blame himself for Draken's death? Because it kind of is all my fault. <laughs> and, uh, and I think he's kind of going like, it's, it's okay, Darren. Like, you can redeem yourself. But inside, I think he's going like, I'm kind of dodging a bullet. <laughs> um, but I would I would go back and change that if I could. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't yeah. think I properly grasped what would ha- happen. Like, I don't think I properly was weighing out the consequences. I was too, maybe not enough in the moment. Mm. I, th- I think everybody, uh, like, the consequences were looming, but I think, I like, I, you know, it sucks because it kind of cut the, the, some of the things in the, the moon arc, which I think, like, yeah, it would have been awesome to see more hollow stuff that was going on there. But also, it's like, it's D&D, and it's like, you know, moments like that, it's like, it's, it really shows that it's like, oh, yeah, this is what can happen. You know, you need consequences, or else everything's just, you know, on rails, and that's no fun. But, uh... I do think that Moon Arc turned out good in the end because, I mean, we got the amazing episode where you guys spent like 40 minutes trying to figure out a breathing issue, a breezy, like breathing puzzle, which was amazing. Um, 
But the next question here from Casper from Instagram. Why? Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer this for everybody because they're taking a shot at us. Why do they always forget about the overpowered cloaks? <laughs> uh, all I want to see is giant spider Zippy or, uh, or see Zippy uh, use the enlarged cloak to momentarily make Darien the most powerful <laughs> being on the plane. Um, uh, it's my cloak. It's not Darien's. <laughs> they only get to use it. They only get to use it once per day. And as you can see, our days are very long. Sometimes eight <laughs> episodes long or, or, or longer. So it's like they want to. They want to conserve mm. it. But also, they have used it. They have. Yeah, Norman's always using the void cloak whenever he can. <laughs> like, like, yeah, always catching. I mean, Peterson. Out. I mean, caught his head in there. That was pretty cool. I, have you not seen Darian's bubble? I mean, like that's like nothing. I, I just <laughs> used it in the finale, like to save uh, myself true. and Randy from the fire. I we, after teleporting in, like, and because the other thing about functional in the bubble cloak, like I can either do the dome or I can coat myself like personally with it, and it's it's only one. It's one or the other once a day. So yeah. like I pretty much save it yeah. for like critical moments because it's like this is the all i've got left okay <laughs> i think but, with just yeah. just because with how kind of the podcast works and how like a podcast D works you never really know when you're gonna get like a rest mm. or a long rest or like a day is gonna be over and stuff so i feel like more often than that we're more trying to preserve what we have than what we can do you know type of thing yeah it's like it's like we can do things like like I didn't even use the bubble or the dream power in like the finale when there's oh, yeah. probably a lot of time to use it because it's always like I have no idea what Seth's going to pull out next type of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Right? So and that's the best part. Like the best part is like r- the risk reward, right? Like when is the best time? You don't know what's coming next. And I think that's fun because it's like, yeah, you don't want to you give them these cloaks that are supposed to be just like one time once a day, you know, big, big plays. And you want to make sure that they treat them as such and they don't just, you know, waste them on like, I'm going to get big just so I could like steal a watermelon because I'm too small. I don't know why that's the example that came to mind. I don't know why that's the example that came to mind. But if, the watermelon's but, too heavy. Know. It's too heavy for me. Uh, well, I got to get big. Um, but either way, yeah. But uh, Casper's real question was, have you ever thought about having appearance, cameo appearances from guests? And I will say, for the record, Yes, and hopefully, if uh, things work out and, and all that, maybe you might see some in season four. Uh, we are really, hopefully, excited uh, to to get some people on, not just to cameo, but also potentially to to fill in on some musical stuff and and, and sing some songs potentially. So, uh, obviously, don't take my word for it. Nothing's set in stone. We don't have anything scheduled yet with anyone. <laughs> no. So, so don't so don't do that. If anyone listening uh, knows anybody, it. just send us. A <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, we are hopefully planning to try and pursue that more. So that yeah, thank you for that. But yeah, hopefully more cool people will um, come be a part of the the teammate universe. But Coffee Dazes comes back with another question. Thank you again. Uh, they are asking, I don't want to think about this campaign ending, but when it does, would a book be in the future? Oh. Also, how do you feel about make, uh, people making homebrew games based off of your setting? Would you consider making this setting into a module in the future, or is this setting too near and dear to your hearts? This is near and dear. What you hear is what you get. I'm locking it away after it's done. <laughs> Nobody did. <laughs> no, um, I, I think uh, all of us would uh, love to work like we've worked collaboratively building this world. I, I think people, you know, 
think that it's all me uh, as a DM, but truly, like, the Bramble Patch is all Jacob. I, I He knows more about it than me at this point. Uh, <laughs> the like, like, the Calm Cloud... Con- the creek i i just learned about the creek along with all the rest of you I, I didn't know that but now it's going on the map uh but but it's a calm cloud monastery with uh adam making that and the deep the entire concept of the deep was purely because of adam saying i kind of want to be like demon king son kind of thing i was like all right i gotta have the hell now uh, and, and Feywild junk and the Mechanos War in the Feywild, that's all because of Connor. Like, like, huge cornerstones of the story and the plot in the background isn't me. It's these guys. So I think, like, all of us would like to potentially, you know, when the story's done and, we're, and we have more time, um, uh, that we, you know, flesh out, maybe write some Bramble Patch stories, some more mm. Feywild lore. We've talked about writing bigger chunks of it. Um, so, yeah, hopefully... You can expect maybe some sort of books. I, I really want to tell this specific story about um, Leek's Garden, actually, and, and because it, it's it wasn't originally a part of Ohm. It's part of the Beastlands plane, and I, I the story I have there in my head is cool for it. Spoilers, I think. Um, yeah, spoilers. But uh, but the in terms of people using our stuff as homebrew, some people have reached out to us on Instagram for like stat blocks and and other things. Like we've had quite a few people ask us about some things because a a fair share, more than like four of you are trying to run homebrew versions of like our stuff. And that's, exciting and amazing and how dare you i feel so and how dare you lawsuit coming your way expect lawyers yeah it's coming lock your doors uh lawyers are coming um no we we love it so uh i don't know if we'll make a module maybe i don't got that matt mercer money or time but but uh maybe uh, more likely the lore books than than a module, but we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll make a Kickstarter <laughs> for it. Who knows? If there's interest, if there's interest, stuff happens. New patron you know? goal: if we get five thousand patrons, uh, we'll make a module. Maybe five hundred. <laughs> five thousand is a lot of patrons. <laughs> exactly. Um, and thank you, Coffee Daisies. Now, Larmed Larma um, also sent in a question here, Seth. If you had the power to go back and change one decision the players made, what would you change? Uh, I would want them to go to the breathing chasms. I've said that Ugh. multiple times. Go to the breathing chasms. I I, Never. Prepped, I prepped so much for the first episode because I was new to DMing. And I, I, I prepped so much and I had to throw it all out, but it worked out. So so they really ruined me. Go to the breathing chasms. No, I'm Never. Never. Um, and was there a ruling that you were either upset about or unsure whether it was the right one or not? That's actually an interesting question. Um, Rulings that I was upset about or unsure about, you know, I really try to distance myself. It's hard because, like, of course I have, you know, self-consciousness and anxiety about how the show is going, how the story is progressing, if people are having fun, if people are having fun listening. All those thoughts come creeping in. And... um, you know, I'm unsure about a lot a lot of decisions that I make. I'm like, was that interesting? Was that cool? Do people even care that Bradley stood tethered to Godaller? Was that just freaking lame? You know, was that the three years of buildup for nothing? It's like all that creeps in. But I think at the end of the day, I try to tune out all voices and just focus on the three guys in front of me that they're having fun, that they're interested in it, and then the rest comes. And with uncertainty about decisions, I think the... I, I try to, to even with Zippy's death, which came out of nowhere. Like, there was a point where I was like, "Okay, I see where this is going," and I couldn't hesitate because it would ruin the moment. Um, and while I was unsure, 
uh, once it happened, I knew that the decision had been made. Um, and I think for all DMs out there or new DMs or people who want to be DMs, I think the best way to write an interesting story is to write yourself into really tough corners. <laughs> uh, write yourself in the corners because that's when you get the most creative stuff to get out of it. Mm. Like, like th- thankfully he died. And even in the moment, I was like, what's happening now? He's dead. But then I, even I was like, wait a minute, there's the freaking crystal. I totally forgot about it. I literally have a crystal that soaks up souls. So that's the other takeaway. Like, can- have a crystal floating <laughs> around your entire game that <laughs> yeah, sucks up souls. Honestly, <laughs> put, one, put one in every encounter. It's just good to have. Um, so yeah, I, I think write yourself in the corners and, and even if you're unsure, take the dive and, and you'll see what comes out on the other side. It's usually something good, especially if you're playing with creative people who are good at collaborating. Um, and last two questions of the Q and A from Ben the Bard. Thank you, Ben the Bard. One for me and then one for you guys. What is the DM prep to gameplay ratio these days for Mm. you, Seth? And has the necessary prep for each episode increased or decreased over the course of the campaign? Also good question. Uh, I still prep. Uh, I actually am much more efficient about it. I used to prep much more. Um, But now, like, especially with Jadu, like, I prepped the eight islands. And then I told the guys, go. And um, they weren't all fully fleshed out. Like, surprisingly, this might shock a lot of people. The paintings, I had moving paintings in the museum. But And they were just supposed to be like moving pictures, stuff like that. You might be able to walk into them and it would just be a box. They weren't supposed to be connected in this really elaborate painting world. That literally was a spur of the moment. All right, this has got to be a convenient fix to make sure that the split party somehow reunites. So cool. And yeah, so the, the painting split world and all that stuff, that was never originally prepped. Um, so I prep much less. However, there are some episodes where I prep overloads about like so for example two episodes that i prepped an insane amount for were the the vault when they when they had their previous <laughs> memories come that took a lot of prep and then um the black bunny ball conversation that that oh, yeah. one they didn't even get all the conversation points that i had made <laughs> um and, and yeah so though some it ebbs and flows some take more some take less but i'm more efficient with it now and the last Question from Ben the Bard. For Adam, Jacob, and Connor, what do you think are the main differences in the way you play your character slash D&D in general, uh, D&D in general now, as opposed to when you started in season one? I feel like you guys have evolved as players as much as the characters you play have evolved in that time. Mm. Anyone mind if I kick this off? By all means. You kick it off. Do we'll it. Go, we, we go in order the way they asked. Ah, okay. Well, I've been perfect since day one. I haven't changed it. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's true. I, it's true. <laughs> back in the beginning, if I go back and listen to it, sometimes I cringe at how conflict averse I was as a player. And it really influenced who Normandy was. And I would go back and listen. And I, I know like we all grow and, and everything like that. But in Normandy's prologue, um, I found he was so much sure-footed, but that was when I didn't have to share any spotlight with anyone else, didn't have to, yes, and, and and I didn't know how to take ideas and grow them, how to let go of an idea, and I would just collapse. And listening back to the first season, um, 
we we all we have inside jokes all the time about like oh man like we've really grown um but me myself as a player um i love personally i love how i've learned to lean into that conflict a little bit because i can trust myself and the other players not to let it just become a conflict in the game and but instead we bounce off each other we hear each other's ideas and why our characters believe in those ideas so it's not just i want to do this because i want to and then well i want to do this it's well i want to do this because of this and i want to do this because of that and i've learned to to balance that uh me me personally i i feel like i've learned how to to properly approach conflict in the game and to see it as a tool instead of something to avoid entirely. Hmm. That's really good, Adam. Thank you for uh, giving me that answer in advance. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'm next. <laughs> it's like, um, Zippy here. It's like that voice from that Zippy <laughs> used to do. Zippy here. I remember we used to do that all the time. <laughs> Like the, yeah. or I Zippy used to do that all the time. Like the, <laughs> Zippy here. There's even a joke about it um, in one uh, of the great pass arounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, it, it's like so British. I was listening to it today. I'm like, wow, it's just like so different now. It's like, it, he's like so nervous and like so like, like trying to prove himself all the time where it's just like, uh, I, I think that, that, that uh, Normandy, you should y- you wow. should um, uh, do this next. Yeah, uh, uh, and 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 a uh, Darian, um, that's really weird. Do you eat meat like that? PTSD. You know, just, Hear that voice oh, in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like it's it's like so different. Um, but it's just like I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of like what I said earlier, where it's like it's like is Zippy controlling me or am I controlling Zippy? It's like. In in a way, it's just like I don't know. This, like this is for me. This whole podcast is special because it's like pretty much my first D and D experience, and Zippy is in a way I think reflective of that. Where it's just like the first season, even a little bit into season two, it's like Zippy is a reflection of me kind of getting comfortable not only in a podcast environment but also just like a D and D environment. I think where it's just like like you know just try uh, for me it's just like i get comfortable by trying to be like like in like unfamiliar you know situations by trying to be like this like like you know i'll be i'll be the the little crazy thing that runs around that everyone can kind of kind of be like oh what the fuck is that you know (laughs) (laughs) um and and uh and but but just like you can tell like the nervousness of zippy the the kind of like he he's a bit more timid and kind of even even sweet like in the earlier seasons but now with like the confidence and stuff that i think makes sense with his story arc with like ammo and and the and lube longer and everything and just being more comfortable with the guys bringing normandy back and the power he has within him it's just like that confidence is not only zippy's confidence but i think my confidence if i can say as well i'm um, just as a player and even just you know from season two to season three i think season three has been really good season for all of us but even for myself as well just like you know like being like yeah like we're a great podcast and like we're good mm-hmm. characters and we have great storylines um and and you know that's why maybe it's like that question earlier with, with zippy it's just like like does it be just kind of fly off his handle and kind of do things like that it's just like yeah and it's like like 
Fuck you, dude. I do that all... Uh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. And no, that's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but I, I really... Zippy brings out the best in me, I think. Um, and and I hope I can bring out the best in Zippy. And just like... some Sometimes it's like, man, I really need to scale this character back. Sometimes of just like... But, but he also... I, I get really excited whenever I play Zippy. And like I get... Um, he's, he's super, um, dear to my heart too. Whenever, like even when Zippy died, like that was like a huge thing for me and like private conversations I had with the guys, I had major reservations about that. Not, not that like, it's obviously part of the indie is having characters die, but I'm just like, I just like, you know, it's like, it was like a part of me that like I'd invested in three years. Um, I'm glad there was a way to get him back. Um, Seth always had a plan and for sure but it's just like i'm i'm really you know excited and happy how the podcast has been going and i think zippy has grown in some ways stayed truthfully to himself um and there are some new things his voice it's like a bit better i think <laughs> it's higher pitch no like, no <laughs> maybe no, i don't know but uh but um I, I'm excited to go into season four with a, a Lapine who um, wants to do the best for his teammate. So, yeah. So wholesome. Um, I'll, I'll try not to belabor too many points that I feel like the guys touched on, but I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk a little bit here. Um, a quick one that I think I mentioned in other Q&As, I think fundamentally for Darian, how things changed is he was originally supposed to be more happy-go-lucky, but there was enough of that in the team that that ended really fast. Um, and he became more of this, like, not stoic, but yeah, a little more, like, straight shooter kind of character. So that changed. Um, and I think his character has gone through, like, a lot of developments there, too. And... But kind of just kind of echoing a lot of I think what the other guys said, like just having more confidence and comfort in the environment and and with the characters and like some other like behind the curtain stuff for you guys. Like when we started season one, Adam was still a pretty new friend of ours. Like, you know, uh, like we we were still very like early in our friendship there. Uh, It was kind of through happenstance that Adam and I kind of connected as we were gearing up to to give Cheaper by the Dungeon a shot. And it was just kind of like on a whim, like, a hey, yeah, like, do you want to? try it out with us and see if you like I it. I begged. I did beg. I will, I will admit. Yeah, because... Uh, but, but going back to that regret question... Because we... For you, Adam, you regret. <laughs> if you knew how much work this would be, would you have said yes? Because um, <laughs> for, for those who don't know, like Seth and I did like another, like I'll say like a pilot podcast before with some other people and uh, it went through some changes into the one that it is now. And it was, and Adam actually had been a fan of the first one and kind of talking with us. Um, and then, like I said, I, I, you know, we had some other connections there. And so going into season one, you know, it was kind of like a new dynamic, you know, a new friend coming into the fold, so to speak. And so I think part of that, like adjusting was like growing like legitimate friendship using the podcast mm. and, and how that has kind of evolved. And I think how those relationships have grown, have grown into the confidence of the characters, has grown into our are overall in game and outside of game connections. And I think that's just really dictated uh, a lot. And um, so, yeah, I, I won't, I won't braid any more of that, but I think the other thing that I've grown on 
uh, is being able to disconnect better the motivations of a character versus my own person motivations. And mm. when things happen to Darian that may or may not be caused, well, it would be caused by like one of the other guys or, or Seth, like not learning to not take that personally um, and understand that like it's part of the show. It's part of the game. It's part of the story. Um, you know, like a perfect, a, one. a perfect example could be like the eyeball surgery. Like that's a that's a moment I think that's really easy to take personally. Like you could take that personally and I could have been really upset with Jacob because, you know, he he sabotaged the surgery or something. But learning to disconnect from that and look at the broader picture and the bigger story and what we're kind of putting together and realizing like, actually, it's pretty funny. Like it is. There's a, there's a lot more going on there than just that specific moment in time. And so learning to to step back, look at what we're doing and understand yeah kind of the the characters there but i think it's it's awesome i think it's awesome what we've we've built yeah and i as a as a gm am so proud of all three of my little boys <laughs> here for Thanks, for Dad. growing up so so good. no yeah <laughs> no seeing the characters uh, evolve and the storylines become more complex up I, you know uh, no you sit down you go sink in the chair uh, sit sit <laughs> oh my god um no i i think all of your characters I, like i think uh what I think is the best part of the show, more so than the music, which is amazing, Adam, but more so than everything, <laughs> is just how much our show is so character-centered. Like, yeah, it's a fantastical world, but everything is about these characters. And you guys play the characters so uh, dynamically to the to the point where it's like, like you know, realistic and in-depth. In it's not just, I'm hero and I'm going to stay this way for three years. Like, 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 I'm going to write that down. I think that's my new character. I am unwavering always. <laughs> it's like, there's a difference between a one-shot character and a campaign character, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And the fact that you made such fleshed out campaign characters that at the beginning, I think we all didn't know how long the legs would be on them, but seeing how far they've gone and how much further they can go um, is a testament to your guys' combined skill but enough circle jerking <laughs> thank you for that image <laughs> we have we we have reached the end of the q a we've answered all the questions we received if we didn't receive one it's probably because you sent it in late so save it for the next one <laughs> can i just say i just want to yeah. like thanks to the people who listen and who send questions in mm -hmm. it's really a great it's really been a fun and great exercise to not only look back on where we are and how far we've come but also just like like just feeling the love of your questions and some <laughs> i said some of them all of them are very insightful <laughs> um uh, no but the people who ask questions uh you can tell are are people who really care about our podcast mm. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who didn't submit uh, questions who really also truly care about a podcast, and we appreciate you too. But um, for us, it's just such a gift to to that we've been able to make this podcast last what almost like what are we, almost four years. It's over over three for this sure. Next coming year, <laughs> yeah. Over yeah, we're, I think we're over yeah. three. Over three, um, <laughs> and um, it's that's like that's pretty crazy to to me. So. Um, no, just thanks to everyone who's continued to listen and 
mm-hmm. to to listen to us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody. And yeah, uh, I think it's a good place. To, cool question. It's a good place to wrap up. Well, yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> we're we're gonna wrap up, but real quick. Oh no. Mid mid roll. Real quick. Don't worry. Well, I won't take long. Won't take long. Just a little, just a little bit of announcements. A little bit of announcements. Okay. Um, first up, uh, legend to your patrons. I gotta thank you. You know, you know, we gotta. All right. It's all about the legend tiers. <laughs> Brandon, Jacob, Yarmine, Hildimer, Randy. Thank you. Does anyone know how he does that? It's like the same thing every time. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I think I did Brandon wrong. I think I did I think I did Brandon's differently. It's usually like Brandon. Yeah, that's it. I feel like Brandon old timer is like the one he holds on to. It's like okay, like I, I feel like I know the other ones, but old timer is definitely yo. prospector. Old timer is my resting spot. Old, uh, old timer, I get there and I'm like, oh, old prospector. Here we go. Um, and I also I can do this one. Also, want to take this moment to thank all of our patrons for even like any amount that you contribute helps. It's never too late to become yes. a patron because I just found out that last month my dad, after four years of listening, he finally just became a patron last month. So that's my Aww. own flesh and blood. So it's not too late for you guys either. So <laughs> thank you, Adam's dad. <laughs> yeah, right on. Um, no, that was really sweet of him. And it's uh, yeah, thank you to everybody who's a patron. Uh, as I say all the time, without the Patreon support, the show would not be where it is production-wise at all. Not with the mics, not with the music, not with anything. So it really is the lifeblood of our show. We would have given up um, a long time ago. Yep. Yeah, we would have given up <laughs> way ago, man. Um, uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, a little boost for the Patreon. Uh, if you want to hop on, we will be doing a Discussions by the Dungeon, our after show that Adam leads. We actually will be doing an additional one where instead of doing a Q&A, us four will talk about our thoughts on season three. We'll be discussing a bit more in depth on some topics of, you know, the general themes, um, some story beats that we didn't get to touch on here, stuff like that. Just a bit more in depth, uh, insular uh, discussion that the four of us are going to have. Uh, on unraveling season three in our own way. So if you want to listen to that, that'll be on our Patreon at the $5 tier and $2 tier for Discord access where we do one shots and all that cool stuff. So I highly recommend you join. Did anybody um, just have the Unravel and... song from Tokyo Ghoul pop into their head when Seth said unraveling there? <laughs> no, no just, just you. Don't sing too much of it because I don't want to get... Because you will nail that pitch and, and we'll get flagged. Uh, and... Uh, last, last thing, uh, if you could rate and review us on iTunes, but also Spotify, Spotify, you can rate, you can't review us like comment wise, but you can rate us as a star. If you're listening on Spotify, it's at the top, go click it. Uh, only five stars. So, so get on that. <laughs> only five, um, we only accept five stars. Only accept if any lower and we'll be like, no, you can, you can take that back. <laughs> you can do better. You can do better. <laughs> you do better. Take it back. Think about it. Come back with a five. Um, iTunes reviews as well. Uh, leave those there in comments. We love to read them. And we will still continue that trend of reading iTunes reviews at the beginning of the episodes. And um, uh, last thing, next episode is coming out January 24th. And it's a one shot. So get excited. New characters. Not me DMing. I should probably start working on that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should probably start working on that. <laughs> but yeah, one shot next. Get excited. Uh, and then, you know, soon in February, we'll be hitting off and, and hitting the ground running with season four. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Everybody, hands in, 
Hand, hands on your phones, on your speakers, everybody at home. Let's let's sign off. The first episode of the year. God. It's gonna be a good one. Three, two, one. Teammates. Teammates. Woo! Let's go. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>